بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نیکسٹ وی ہیو دا چیپٹر تھنگس اور ایکس وچ میک غسل اوبلیگیٹری بیکاز آف دیز فیکٹرز اے پرسن ہیز ٹو ٹیک غسل نمبر ون ڈسچارج آف سیمن آؤٹ آف ایکسائٹمنٹ وائل ون از اویک اور اسلیپ irrespective of whether it is discharged by touching a person of the opposite sex or by having any thoughts or fantasies or by any other way. Meaning even if a person is with his family or a person is even reading a magazine which is obviously haram, is not permissible or is on some haram website, Allah save us, any of this takes place and because of which semen is discharged then ghusl will become obligatory upon a person or sometimes a person is just fantasizing he's sitting there is nothing in front of him but his thoughts are running which is also not permissible then also if semen is discharged ghusl becomes obligatory if one awakens and sees semen on his clothing or body ghusl will be wajib irrespective of whether one sees a dream or not whether he saw a dream he doesn't see a dream that doesn't really matter the moment he sees semen on his clothing he has to take a ghusl so that's the first point number two entry of the glands of the penis into the female even if there is no discharge the moment there is relation this intercourse then ghusl becomes obligatory number three at the end of menstruation a woman that is having a haze the moment her haze comes to an end she has to take ghusl as well number four at the end of nifas nifas is the blood that is after childbirth So that can be any time, right up to 40 days. 40 days is a maximum period in the Hanafi Madhab. Shafi says 60 days, but in Hanafi it is 40 days. So at the end of Nifas also, Ghusal becomes obligatory. Note, at the time of excitement, in the beginning, a particular fluid which increases the excitement comes out. This fluid is called Madhi, pre-coital fluid. So initially, that which causes where the incre- uh, enjoyment or the excitement actually increases, that fluid is called madhi. When climax is reached and one is satiated, the liquid which comes out at the time is called money. That is what you call semen. Now that which distinguishes between the two is that when semen comes out, one becomes satisfied and his passion is cool. While the coming out of madhi does not decrease the excitement, but increases it. Right? So that is how you will be able to differentiate between what is semen and what is madhi. So madhi doesn't break the ghusl of a person. There wudu breaks. But in semen, which is money, there a person has to take ghusl. Further, madhi is thin, while semen is thick. The discharge of madhi does not make ghusl obligatory. However, wudu breaks. Number two, while sleeping, one has a wet dream. and even experiences some excitement. However, on awakening, one notices that no semen was discharged. So everything is dry. Ghusal will therefore not be obligatory. So when a person, he wakes up and there is nothing, even though he had a dream, then there is no ghusal. And on the other side, he didn't have a dream. But when he woke up, he found wetness. Then a person has to take ghusal. However, if semen was discharged, ghusal will be obligatory. If there is any wetness on the clothing or body, But one is in doubt if it is madhi or it is semen, right? Which is the second category where only madhi is, where only wudu becomes obligatory. So a person is in doubt that is this madhi 
or is the semen which makes ghusal obligatory then too ghusal will be obligatory here we have to take we have to be a little more cautious therefore fuqaha say no you must go and take a ghusal because you are uncertain which one has come out so go and take ghusal number three a little semen comes out and one therefore had a bath after bathing more semen comes out it will be obligatory to bath again the person for example he was married he had relations with his wife and thereafter he goes and he takes a, he removes the semen and he takes ghusal but after ghusal there was still some remaining and it came out later on so then ghusal becomes obligatory again however if a person he went to relieve himself after relations he relieved himself and then he took a ghusal and then something came out then he doesn't have to repeat the ghusal or a person he took 40 steps he walked 40 steps or he went to sleep and after sleeping then he woke up right if he woke up after sleeping so in that case after ghusal if anything comes out then ghusal will not be obligatory again but if a person didn't take the 40 steps or a person he didn't go to sleep or a person he didn't go and relieve himself then all these three, in these three instances, a person will have to repeat the ghusl all over again. Number four, if due to some sickness or some other reason, semen comes out on its own accord and there was no excitement or desire, then ghusl will not be obligatory, but wudu will break. This is because it was out of some illness or some other reason. It was not because of desire. Then the ghusl of a person will not break. If one upon whom ghusl is obligatory wishes to eat or drink something before going for a bath, then he should gargle his mouth. Thereafter he may eat. So if a person is in a state of napaki, but he wants to eat food, no problem. person must just gargle his mouth and then a person would eat. That would be the correct way. It's makru to eat without gargling the mouth. So first gargle the mouth and then a person can eat. Number six, ghusl is not farad in the following cases. If sperm emerges without desire, example sickness or carrying something heavy and because of that semen now emerges, then a person does not have to take ghusal. Number two, emergence of madhi and wadi. Madhi is where the, the excitement increases, but a person is not satiated. So there, there is no ghusal. And wadi is sometimes when a person goes to relieve himself. So after urinating, there is some liquid that comes out generally. So this is because of perhaps some illness or something that a liquid comes out. This does not uh, invalidate the ghusal of a person. He just requires wudu in this instance. C. If a person remembers having a dream but finds no wetness or stain on his garments, then also only a person will make wudu. He does not have to take ghusal. Carry on with the continuing with the Masail of Salah. Agar kisi ko din, tarikh, mehine, saal kuch yad na ho. A person, he doesn't know the day, he doesn't know the month, he does not know the, the date when he had missed his Salah. So in other words, a person, he was negligent, he missed many years of namaz. Now it's difficult for him to stipulate time, date, all this is difficult for him. So you need to say that Fajr ki namaz jitni jitni mere zimme qaza hai in me jo sabse awal hai iski qaza parti hu. Then a person should make niyat that all the Fajr namazes that are obligatory upon me, 
whichever was the first Fajr namaz, I'm making that. Or I said yesterday also, you can say the last one, either the last one or the first one. Then he doesn't have to say the day, the day, all this he doesn't have to say. Just say the last Fajr namaz that I must or the first Fajr namaz that I must, I'm now making Qaza of that namaz. So in this way, a person must continue making niyat. I'm making the last qaza of fajr or the first qaza of fajr and continue making your qaza namazes. Jab dil gawai de de ke ab sab namazes jitni jati rahi thi sab ke qaza par chuki. Now, when the heart of a person, it gives evidence that the namazes that I have missed, all these namazes, qaza has been made. I've finished all the qazas now. For example, he read for five years and after five years his answer is, right, now whatever qaza I miss in my life, all that is finished. So qaza parna chorde. Now a person can leave it. Now a person doesn't have to read qaza namaz any longer because he has fi finished everything. When a person has completed all his qaza, then a person becomes sahib tartib. Sahib tartib means a person, he has to finish that namaz which is obligatory of the time. He has to finish that namaz first. So let's say for example a person, he must zohar for whatever reason. Or he must fajr. Let's say he must fajr. So he must fajr. Now he, want, he came zohar time to the masjid. He wants to read zohar. He can't read zohar. Because he's sahib tartib. He hasn't missed any namazes in his life. All his namazes are covered. So he has to read fajr namaz first. Then only it becomes permissible for him to read zohar namaz. So that is what you call sahib tartib. So any person that had qaza in his life. And he completed all the qazas in his life. Now he's got no more qaza left in his life. Then that person, he becomes sahib tartib. Actually a person, from the time he becomes bali, he should read all his namaz. So he remains sahib tartib. MashaAllah, this is a very high level. And if Allah Ta'ala gives it to a person, it's very good. And if a person missed it, or missed out earlier in his life, then now also make all the qazas. And again, a person will become sahib tartib. Sunnat or nafil or tarawi ki namaz mein fakat itni niyat kar lena kafi hai ke mein namaz parti ho. When you read sunnat namaz, the sunnat muakkada, sunnat ghair muakkada, nafil namaz, tarawi namaz, then even if a person makes niyat that I'm reading namaz, I'm performing salah, Allahu Akbar, no problem. Now he doesn't have to make niyat like I'm reading the faraz of fajr or the faraz of zohar. He just makes niyat I'm reading namaz, then that's also sufficient. Sunnat hone or nafil hone ki kuch niyat nahi ki tobi dhuruste. He doesn't make niyat, I'm reading sunnat. Or he doesn't say I'm reading nafil. Then also it is correct. The correct way is to do it, make niyat of sunnat, nafil, whatever it is. But if a person didn't make it, then also salah is valid. Magar sunnat, sunnat tarawi ki niyat kar lena ziyada ihtiyat ki baat hai. But in tarawi salah, it is more cautious that a person he makes a niyat that I'm performing the tarawi salah which is a sunnah the sunnah tarawi salah I'm performing they should make a niyat qibla ki taraf move karne ka bayan this is the chapter in regards to facing towards the qibla when starting our salah agar kisi aisi jagah hai ke qibla malum nahi hota a person is in such a place where he doesn't know the qibla sometimes a person undertakes a journey he reaches a place now he doesn't know which way is qibla so he says And there's no one else. Normally you're supposed to find out if somebody is there, which way is the Qibla. But there's no one there that you can ask him which is the direction of the Qibla. So, then a person should think in his heart. This is what you call Tahari, exercising the mind. So a person thinks in the heart now which way could be the Qibla. I can see for example, the sun rises here in the east, the sun is in the west. So now it's early morning. So it is riding from this side. 
So now maybe north is that way. So a person says, okay, this way is a qibla and he performs his salah. So a person can exercise his mind and perform his salah in this way. Agar If a person without thinking, just without thinking, he doesn't know the direction also, he just read his namaz. So in this case, the salah of a person, if his direction is wrong, his namaz hasn't taken place. Why you didn't exercise your mind? You're supposed to exercise your mind first to try and see what is the direction of the qibla. But today you get the compass and the watches that have the compass also. So a person can use that. Oh, many places I see they have the sticker. So they indicate. But say for example, a person is on the road. And now namaz time is running out. He has to stop somewhere at the garage or somewhere. There's no musalla there, no Muslim people. Then a person should exercise his mind. لیکن اگر بعد میں معلوم ہو جاوے کہ ٹھیک قبلہ ہی کے طرف پر ہی ہے تو نماز ہو جائے گی if a person didn't exercise his mind and let's say a person read نماز and he read in the right direction and after that he found that no it was the correct direction so نماز is done because he had performed in the right direction but if he read in the wrong direction his نماز is not done because he didn't exercise the mind but if you exercise your mind and a person read his full نماز so the قبلہ is let's say the قبلہ is this way and a person, he exercises his mind, his mind told him, Qibla is that way. He read his namaz that way. When he finished his namaz, some people came. They said, hey, bhai, you read your namaz the wrong way. Supposed to read this way. Still, his namaz is valid. Why? He exercises his mind. So, there is a difference between the two. Agar waha admi to maujood hai, lekin parda aur sharam ke maare poocha nahi, isi tarah namaz par li, to namaz nahi hui. If there was a person that was there, another Muslim person that was present. But you feeling shy now to ask that person. So you didn't ask him and you read namaz. The namaz of a person didn't take place. Because you're supposed to ask, this is not an occasion to feel shy. This is a masla of deen. So you're supposed to go and ask the person by which is the direction of the qibla. And then perform salah. At such a time, a person shouldn't feel shy. بلکہ پوچھ کر نماز پڑے آنس and then perform salah similarly مسائل of deen sometimes people phone they say you know what I gave my wife three talaqs now they say but I didn't know the masla I thought like in one sitting if you give three talaqs it's counted as one no excuse because in this day and age there are so many ulama that are present there are so many books that are present there are so many websites that are available if you didn't know the masla you can't blame anyone else a person has to blame himself so a person has to find out these مسائل Otherwise, it is no excuse. If a person didn't find somebody to show him the direction of the Qibla, or so he exercised his mind and he read his namaz. Now, after namaz, he realized the direction in which I read Qibla, namaz, that was not the Qibla. So he's supposed to have been reading this way, but he read in that particular direction. Then in this case, namaz is done. Because number one, there was no one there. Number two, you exercised your mind. And then you read it in the wrong direction. Then you found out that it's the wrong direction. No problem. Now your namaz is done, even if it is in the other way, in the opposite direction. Quran says, Whichever way you turn, you will face Allah. So in such an instance, namaz is done. If person was reading namaz, he exercised his mind and his mind said, right, Qibla is this way. So he started his salah in the opposite direction. Now once he was in namaz, maybe somebody else came and they read namaz in this direction. And that was an indication that the Qibla is this way, it's not that way. You're reading in the wrong direction. 
So in this instance, in namaz, person must turn. A person, he must turn now and he must perform salah in the correct direction, in salah. This won't invalidate the salah of a person because he didn't know he was, because he used the exercise his mind and he read in that direction, he was correct. But now that he knows, he cannot continue in that direction. He must turn to the correct direction and perform salah. Initially, our Qibla was Baytul Muqaddas and we used to read namaz towards Masjid Aqsa. And then in Salah, the command of Allah Ta'ala came that now face towards Masjid Haram. So in Salah, Sahaba and Islam, they turned from Masjid Aqsa, they turned in the opposite direction and they started performing Salah towards Masjid Haram. This happened in Salah. That is why up to now that Masjid is still there. It's called Masjid Al-Qiblatain. The Masjid that has two Qiblas. It has two Mihrab. One in the front, one in the back. They were reading in that direction and in Namaz, the command of Allah Ta'ala came that now turned this way. So they turn and they face the opposite direction, facing Masjid Haram. Balke Fulani Tarafe, so Namaz, Namaz, he may Kibla Kitaraf Gumjawe. Same thing I explained. Ab Malum Hone Kebad, Agar Kibla Kitaraf Nabhereji, to Namaz Nahogi. If a person was reading Namaz in the wrong direction, he was reading in this direction, he exercised his mind because he didn't know the Kibla and he was reading in the opposite direction. Now, while he's in Salah, somebody came and he started reading in the right direction. Now he knows which is the correct Qibla. But he didn't turn. He continued reading in that direction. His Namaz doesn't take place. Because now you know the correct Qibla, but you are not performing in the direction of Qibla. So Salah is not valid. And we did. The requisite of the validity of Salah is, you must face in the direction of Qibla. Agar koi Kaaba Sharif ke andar Namaz par hai, to ye bhi jai If a person reads Salah in the Kaaba Sharif, in the Kaaba Sharif, the, sometimes the king comes nowadays now king or prince or whoever it is and they, previously the kings used to come they used to open the Kaaba Sharif the doors and they used to put a ladder there uh, a stairway actually and they used to climb up and they go inside the Kaaba Sharif and they used to perform Salah so performing Salah inside the Kaaba Sharif is also correct so now which direction do you face inside the Kaaba Sharif when you inside the Kaaba Sharif any direction you can perform in any north, south, east, west you perform salah, the salah of a person is valid. Or iske under namaz parne wale ko ikhtiyar hai. That in the Kaaba Sharif, the namazi has a choice. Jidar chaye mukar ke namaz pare. Whichever way you want to perform salah in the Kaaba Sharif, you can perform all four directions. Kaaba Sharif ke under faraz namaz bhi durust hai aur nafil bhi durust hai. Person who wants to read faraz namaz also in the Kaaba. Then you can read faraz also. And if a person wants to read nafil, then he can read nafil namaz also in the Kaaba Sharif. Both are correct. Initially, the Kaaba Sharif was such that it was at ground level. It was at ground level. And anybody could enter the Kaaba Sharif. But there's a long history behind this whole thing. Uh, day after, they raised the platform of the Kaaba, they, the, the entrance of the Kaaba Sharif. They made it higher. That only certain people must be able to go inside the Kaaba Sharif and perform Salah. Otherwise, it was at, at ground level. Obviously, certain people had the keys of the Kaaba Sharif. That's why Misla Hussam, when the conquest of Bakka took place, then Nabi alayhi salatu wanted to read Salah in the Kaaba Sharif. But one person had the key, Usman bin Talha radiallahu He wasn't a Muslim before. And he refused Nabi alayhi salatu previously to perform Salah in the Kaaba Sharif. But when the conquest of Makkah took place, Nabi alayhi to ask him for the keys. And according to one narration, he ran away. So Sahaba caught him. They caught him. And one narration comes, he went on top of the Kaaba Sharif. So Sahaba caught him. They took the key out of him. And then they gave it to Nabi alayhi So Nabi alayhi went inside and he performed his Salah. Then when he came out of the Kaaba Sharif, Sahaba were desirous that this key must be given to us. It's such an honor to have the key of the Kaaba Sharif. So they wanted the key. 
So when he came out of the Kaaba Sharif, the Bishlasam was reading the verse, Inna Allah ya'murukum antu addul amanati ila ahliya. Allah commands you that the amanat that you have, the trust that you have, give it back to its owner. So this family, he had the key of the Kaaba Sharif, give the key back to him. So he gave him back the key. And perhaps this key is in that same family right up to today. He accepted Islam thereafter, but the key is perhaps in this family right up to this day. The next kitab is Anwarul Salah. Yesterday we had done part of the first lesson of uh, the bayan of Hazrat Shah Ahmad Shaheed Rahmatullah. And in this bayan of Hazrat Shah Ahmad Shaheed Rahmatullah, Hazrat explained what is the position of Salah. That Salah is so great that this is, a, this is such an ibadat that every makhluk of Allah Taala they engage in Salah. Whether it is the trees and the buildings, they in the standing posture of Salah. The four-legged animals and the birds, they in the ruku posture. The insects, they are in the sajda posture. They are also making salah. Uh, and the mountains, they are in the qada. They are in the sitting posture. They are also making salah. The heavens and the stars, they are in movement. Like how we move in salah, they are also in salah. And the malaika, they are also in salah. What is their salah? It is their taharat, remaining pure. They are absolutely pure, the malaika. There is no impurity when it comes to the malaika. Secondly, they're making the tasbih. Those that are saying subhanallah all the time, they're in subhanallah right until the day of Qiyamah. Those in alhamdulillah, they will be in alhamdulillah right until the day of Qiyamah. They are those that are in tilawat of Quran. They are those that are in dua. But for insan, this human being, Allah loves this human being so much that the ibadat of every makhluk put together, they only got that one particular posture. Allah gave it to us in the two rakats of salah. You got your qiyam, you got your ruku, you got your sajda, you got your qada, you got tasbihat, you got Quran Sharif, you got takbir and tahrima. Everything Allah Taala gave to this human being. So that, that is the position of salah. And in that salah that you are performing, you're not only fulfilling one fundamental of deen, but in there you are giving zakat also because you need clothing. You are buying water to make your wudu. So you're getting the reward of charity also. There you're getting the reward of hajj. Because when a person, he performs his hajj, a person has to start with his ihram. And here in salah, we start with takbir and tahrima, Allahu Akbar. So here, we, it, when a person says Allahu Akbar, it is like he's putting on the ihram. In Kaaba Sharif, we're making tawaf of Baitullah. But here when we're performing salah, it is, we have to face in the direction of Kaaba Sharif. So we are similar to that person that is making tawaf of Baitullah. In salah, we are standing, that is the qiyam posture. And the man that goes for hajj, he has to stand and make wukuf of Arafat. So it is like a person is making wukuf of Arafat. In Salah, we're moving sometimes ruku, sometimes sajda, sometimes qiyam. So there's movement all the time. And the person that goes for hajj, he runs between Safa and Marwa. So exactly like the person that is performing hajj also, we're getting all that reward. It is like we are performing hajj as well. And it is like jihad. That in the sunnah time, that is at the particular time when the adhan is called, when salah is taking place in the masjid, it's difficult for a person to always be on time. Sometimes he's running late, he wants to finish his work, but I can't miss my jamaat. So he rushes and he comes to the masjid and then he performs his salah in the masjid. So that is like jihad because you have to ensure that you are here on time to get your salah with jamaat. That reward also Allah wa ta'ala gives a person. Then it is like fasting. Before a person started his salah, he could eat, he could drink. Once you said Allahu Akbar, you restrain yourself. No eating, no drinking also. And it is like i'tikaf also. When a person enters i'tikaf, he can't leave the masjid. He has to now stay in the masjid, sunnat i'tikaf. Exactly the same way when a person commences salah, he can't move. Before this, he could move about. Now he can't move about. And he has to stay in one place till the end of that salah. So a person, he gets the reward of various other ibadat. 
However, the Shah Saab Rahmatullahi mentioned, he said that the concentration is salah, that is of different levels. And the more concentration a person has, the more greater the reward. That is why some people, he said, they get 50% reward if they have 50% concentration. Some people, maybe 25%. Some person, he has only 10%. So depending, every person's level of concentration is different. And according to that is the reward by Allah wa ta'ala. But he said, he gave us two prescriptions. The one prescription, he said, that will help you is when you commence your salah, then just think, I am now before Allah wa ta'ala. Allah's full focus is on me. Allah is watching me. And in that way, perform salah. I'm before Allah and Allah is watching me. That will help you to gain concentration in salah. The second thing he mentioned, he said that think of the verses of the Quran that you are reading. And where Allah wa ta'ala speaks of his favor, Allah ta'ala speaks of his rahmat, then desire, Allah, that rahmat I want also. Allah speaks of jannah, desire jannah at that time. So a person should know a little bit of the translation of what he is reading. And where Allah ta'ala speaks of his azab, fear should come into a person. And a person should seek protection from Allah wa ta'ala from his azab. Then finally we came to the last point where he said that there are other things as well, but he said that this is what is for everyone. The normal man, this is for him. And there are certain things that are for ulama. And then he went to further to say, or huzuri baghair ta'athir dil ke baghair ta'athir dil ke muyassar nahi. That concentration in salah, this cannot be attained without the heart being affected. The heart has to be affected, then concentration comes in salah. Or ta'asir dil, one way that the heart is affected within the Nabini is dhikrullah. He gives another way of affecting the heart. Or ta'asir dil ke badun daniste ma'ani alfaz ke hasil nahi. And the heart will not be affected without a person knowing the meaning of what he is reading. When you know what you're reading, then it makes a great difference. Now the heart of a person is affected. He's saying, for example, At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibat. But we don't know the meaning. What am I reading? What am I saying to Allah wa ta'ala? So if a person knows that if he's saying At-tahiyyatu lillah, that all my verbal ibadat, whatever I'm making zikr of Allah, I'm reading Quran in namaz, all this, my verbal ibadat is for Allah wa ta'ala. Was salawat, my physical ibadat, that this namaz that I'm reading, standing, ruku, sajda, this physical ibadat of mine, this is for Allah wa ta'ala. Was salawat, my monetary ibadat, whatever money I spend in the path of Allah, all this is for Allah ta'ala. Now see the difference in your namaz. You are thinking, we are talking to Allah wa ta'ala. So he says when a person knows the meaning of these things, then it will have an effect on the heart of a person. Isi was there, jo kuch namaz mein hai, mana iske hindi zubah mein muhawara ke muafik likhe hai. He said that is why whatever you read in namaz, whether it is durud ibrahim that you read, whether it is durud duae kunut that we read in the, in the end, whatever it is, tashahud it is, he said we have written it in the Hindi language. Obviously this kitab was written for India, but for us we will do it in the English language. So he said that is why we wrote it in the Hindi language. So the people can understand what they are reading in namaz. If you understand that, then you see your salah will be of a different level. Aksar gharib log, jo in maano se mutlaq be khabar hai, he says, most people, they don't know the meaning. Most of the people, they don't know the meaning of what they're reading in namaz. They are performing salah and the salah is done 100% done. No problem with that. You are absolved of your, absolved of your responsibility. But he says that those that don't know the meaning, by knowing the meaning, they will understand and they will gain concentration in their salah. Or bohot se halawat bai. And now you will get a lot of enjoyment in salah. If you understand salah, you know what you are saying, you know what you are doing. Imagine that enjoyment when you are talking to Allah. That's a different level of enjoyment altogether. 
or ate faida. So that is one benefit and one way of effecting the heart. The other one was zikrullah before. And then he says, or ate faida or hai. He said there's one more benefit. If you know what you are reading, there's one more benefit. Agar mana alfaz ke jane, to sab bure kamo se jin se nuksan iman ka hai bache. If you know the meaning of what you're reading, you know the meaning of the Quran Sharif, then all the evil actions that are there, which cause harm to the iman of a person, you'll be able to stay away from it. Why? Because you know the meaning of Quran Sharif. For example, Allah Ta'ala says, those people that eat interest, that consume interest, on the day of Qiyamah, they will stand up as though they are insane. They have been touched by shaitan. Who wants to be insane? And particularly on the day of Qiyamah. So now you're understanding what you are reading. So a person, immediately the thought comes to him, how can I go towards interest? Quran is saying that if a person deals in interest, he takes interest, then there's declaration of war from Allah and his Rasul Now when a person has war with Allah, how is he going to win? A person can't win in life. He's only going to lose. So immediately he will start staying away from this evil. Uh, in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, Laanatullahi uh, ala a person that makes that oppresses. Allah Ta'ala's curse is on him. So now he'll think, how can I oppress somebody? Laanatullahi ala Allah's curse is on a liar, person that speaks lies. So he'll stay away from that lies. So see the second benefit as the Shah Sabi is saying that if you learn the meaning of the Quran Sharif then you will be able to stay away from those sins that cause harm to the iman of a person. Or malum kare ke jo ikrar apne rab ke samne kya hai, usi par qaim rahe. And thirdly, when a person knows the meaning of what he is reading in namaz, then the confession you made before Allah Ta'ala, because in namaz, we are making confession to Allah. So the confession that you're making to Allah Ta'ala, you will remain on that confession. For example, in, nama, in namaz, now we read in every rakat Surah Fatiha. And in every rakat of Surah Fatiha, what we're saying, Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. Wallah, only you we worship. Only you we seek help from, nobody else. Now when a person is in problem, when a person is problem, he says his car is not starting in the morning. So where does our mind go? First, mechanic. First it will go to the mechanic. When in namaz, we say, Allah, only you we seek help from. First you should have read the two rakat namaz. Then you should give a little bit of sadaqah. Now go to the mechanic. Now try and start. Doesn't start. Right. Now we make amal on the sunnah. We go and call the mechanic. That is sunnah. A man was sick. A man was sick. First thing what we say, hey, take him to the doctors. Take him to the doctor. And when one doctor fails, second doctor, third doctor. When that failed, now we say, you know what? Go to Molana. Get Tawis. Molana failed. Now what we say? Now turn to Allah. See how we're working upside down. So in namaz, what, whatever confession we make into Allah, Allah, we're asking you for help. We'll go first to Allah, we won't go to anyone else. After that, what is the sunnah? No problem, use the doctor also, use the molana also. No problem, all that is in order. But first is Allah, in namaz, we're reading in Quran Sharif, Hasbi Allah, la ilaha illahu, alayhi tawakkaltu wa huwa rabbul arshil azim. Allah is sufficient for me. There is no deity except Allah. I put my trust on him. He is the Rabb, rabbul arshil azim of the great arsh. Of the great throne, Allah Ta'ala is the rub of that. Now we're saying, I put my trust on Allah. But a person, when he has problem, he's going first to another human being. Hey, can you help me out? I got a problem. I need money. Do we, two rakats namaz, first ask Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala can send from the unseen also. We might not have to ask. Somebody will come and give it to us. One person, he's very active in the jamaat work. And uh, he says, when they have the ijtimas, we know how big the ijtimas are and what it costs. 
He says, every day I read my Ishraq namaz and I make dua to Allah. He says, people just come. Somebody will just come, whole packet, whole parcel of money. And they say, yeah, this is for the istima. Take care of the istima. How, whatever you need, there's this amount of money. Allah Ta'ala can take care. So our trust should be there. So he's saying, when you know the meaning, then the confession you make with your tongue, you will be able to remain on, on that. Or har ek talib iman ko like hai, ke haqiqat namaz ko is tor par jane. And for every person that is a seeker of Iman, that this person should learn the reality of Namaz in this way. Understand, when we're going to perform Namaz, that what is the reality of Namaz? Understand it this way. That Allah created me the best in the best form from all his creation from the entire creation allah gave me insan created me in the best form allah created us in the best form so allah Ta'ala created me in the best form and with great emphasis allah Ta'ala has given me general permission that five times a day come into my court this is the court of allah Ta'ala. So allah Ta'ala's court we coming in so five times a day allah Ta'ala is saying come into my court and present yourself in my court so think now when we come in for salah that Allah wa ta'ala made me the best of creation. And a person like me, Allah wa ta'ala emphasized that you, oh my servant, you got general permission that anytime you want, come into my court and present yourself in my court. Or muhtaj awar ke idhan ka or ihsan man kisi darban ya naqib ka nahi kya. Allah didn't make me in need to take the permission of somebody to come into the masjid. We didn't have to ask somebody, can I come into the masjid? Neither did Allah Taala make us in need of the favor of some guard or some doorkeeper that the guard said, okay, I'll do you a favor. Like at the president, you want to see the president, how much of red tape you have to go through. Or you have to see some king and how many guards over there. If the guard doesn't open, you can't go inside. You're not allowed inside. So here Allah didn't make it. Allah is the king of kings. But Allah Ta'ala didn't make it such we needed the permission of somebody to come into the masjid and present ourselves in the court of Allah Ta'ala. General permission. And Allah emphasized, Oh my banda, you come. You come five times a day into my masjid. You come to my house five times a day. How fortunate we are that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this. So he said, And then on top of that, Allah wanted us to come. So what Allah Ta'ala did, that Allah Ta'ala has warned us that the severe warnings and severe punishment that if you don't come to my house and you don't read your namaz, then there's severe punishment. So one is Allah did us a favor to allow us to come here. And Allah Ta'ala warned us that if you don't come, then all I will punish you. Because Allah Ta'ala didn't want us to be deprived. So look at the kindness of Allah Ta'ala or Janna. So this is how we should understand namaz. Now when a person understands namaz like this, that this is the reality of namaz. Which person would want to stay away from the masjid? Which person would want to stay away from salah? When Allah is inviting us, Definitely a person, his heart is going to incline to come towards Salah. Or janna chahiye ke aise ni'mate uzma se mahroom rehna. Or wada sab azab ka sar par nena. Bari nadani or kamina pan hai. And we should understand that for a person to be deprived of such a great ni'mat of Allah. Allah calling us to his house, to his court. And allowing us to perform Salah, to be deprived of this. And for a person to be able to take the severe punishment on his head by not coming, now he's going to be in punishment. So for him to take the punishment on his head, this is the height of foolishness 
and shows how base and how low a person is that Allah is calling us Allah wants us to come Allah wants to favor us and Allah is saying if you don't come I'm going to punish you and still a person doesn't want to come this is a height of foolishness and shows how low a person is that he's not prepared to obey that command of Allah Ta'ala but you see tara azmat namaz ko khoob samajh kar in this way understand the greatness of namaz that how great this ibadat of Allah Ta'ala is tamam adab ke laik ke qabooliyat barqa-e badshah-e haqeeqi ke hue baja lawe and implement adopt all those etiquettes that will make our salah worthy of acceptance in the court of Allah Ta'ala when we come before Allah Ta'ala that humbleness that proper dressing performing salah with concentration and devotion all these etiquettes of namaz adopt these etiquettes so that salah when we present it to Allah Allah will become happy and Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala will accept that salah otherwise we mentioned before that if a person just comes just leads a namaz he doesn't even remember Allah ta'ala in his namaz haphazard just ruku sajda finish and he's gone Quran says fawailun lil musallim woe destruction to those people that read namaz and that namaz will be taken and it will be turned into a rag and it will be thrown at the musallim and then what nabi sallallahu alaihi mentioned that namaz will say dayyakallah kama dayyatani may allah destroy you like how you destroyed me so read that salah with all the etiquettes pehle taharat aur pakizgi kare first a person cleanse himself yani wudu kare a person should make wudu and wudu also a person when he is making wudu a person should ensure that the wudu is done properly he shouldn't talk of worldly affairs ulama say if the wudu is done properly if the forward of salah is done properly now when a person will come to perform salah there will be a different salah that a person will be able to read because the wudu was done properly and as far as possible allah give us all the tawfiq myself also that when we making wudu then at that time we shouldn't waste water person shouldn't waste water even if it's mentioned in the hadith that even if a person is at the river bed and he's making wudu at the river bed and the water is flowing really how can a person really waste there but they also only according to necessity a person should utilize water and only to wash the face to sunnah is three times three times it is sunnah to wash the hands three times is sunnah so a person more than three times a person shouldn't wash more than three because now he's acting contrary to the sunnah and then particularly when it is public money and the public water we are using day money and we are using the masjid water and now we washing more than three times so this that becomes even more worse so he says pehle taharat aur pakizgi kare yani wuzu kare aur jo hajat nahane ke ho ghusl kare that person that needs to take a ghusl he must take ghusl jaisa koi jab badshah ke darbar ke jaane ka irada karta hai pehle hammam karta hai person that wants to go to the king how does he go does he go in his old clothes dirty clothes does he go like that no person takes a bath first he cleanses himself he purifies perhaps we don't understand this fully because we don't live in that time but if a person for example he is coming home and he wants to go and see his wife he doesn't come dirty to his wife when the wife is waiting for her husband he went in jamaat he is coming from jamaat does she wait like with old clothes waiting for him to come in no she dresses herself my husband is coming today so when the husband dresses up for the wife the wife dresses up for the husband imagine allah taala when we going into the court of allah how much more pure and clean should it be in the court of allah tabaraka wa taala phir kapra pehen ke jaate hain a person when he goes to the king he takes a bath then he wears good clothing and then he goes to the court of the king hazrat rahmatullah alaihi ke is bayan mein char baatein hain so this is the first bayan of hazrat shah ahmad shaheed rahmatullah alaihi now sufi iqbal who wrote the commentary of this kitab he now summarizes every bayan so he says that the first point that hazrat mentioned in this bayan namaz ki ahmiyat the importance of salah which we already discussed about the various makhluq of allah taala performing salah namaz ki ahmiyat 
जिसको बार बार पढ़ के दिल में बिठाना है यू मस्ट रीड ऑफ द इम्पोर्टेंस ऑफ नमाज अगेन एंड अगेन अगेन एंड अगेन दैट इज वाईन फजाइल आमाल मेनी पीपल सेडिंग No, every time a person reads, it must intend like as though I'm listening it, listening to it for the first time, and ask yourself that this hadith that I heard, did I practice on this hadith of the Bismillah Samanat? So he says, read it again and again, and let this be now set in the heart. Or jis ke liye has a shaykh al hadith rahmatullahi ke risala fazail namaz ka mutala bi mufid hai. And for this, a person should read fazail namaz. That's in fazail amal of the shaykh al hadith rahmatullahi. So number one. As the Shasta mentioned, what is the position of namaz, the greatness of namaz? Number two, सबसे पहले इसको दिल में बार-बार सोचे कि नमाज का हुकम मेरे ऊपर कोई बोझ या तावा नहीं है। He said the first thing is this: that think to yourself that this command of Allah Taala that I must read namaz, this is not a burden on me. This is not a penalty. Allah didn't make it a penalty. Allah didn't make it a burden on me. Namaz is no burden. Nabi Ali Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say, "Kurratu aini fi salah," the coolness of my eyes. Is in in salah enjoyment they got in namaz. So we must think to ourselves: Is namaz a burden? Namaz is not a burden on us. This is a way to connect to Allah Taala. We should get enjoyment in our namaz. Balke bohot bari naamat aur ehsan hai. And this namaz is a great naamat of Allah. Is Allah's favor. Allah Taala gave us namaz. So it is a favor of Allah Taala. Jiska shukriya ada nahi ho sakta. We can never thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that Allah Taala gave us namaz. As I say, if a person wants to see the president. How it's almost impossible, but if he gets an appointment, that too after how much of difficulty? Allah's kindness, Allah is giving us appointment five times a day, and besides that, nafil any time the doors of the masjid are open, come in the masjid, perform salah. Haram of Makkah, go and perform salah. Haram of Medina, twenty-four hours. Haram of Makkah, twenty-four hours. Doors are open, go there, connect to Allah Tabarakat. Isn't this Allah Taala's favor upon us? Allah's kindness upon us? We cannot make shikar for it. That Allah Jalla Chanu Hune, Mujhe Zarra Be Mikdar Ko. पहले अशरफुल मखलूकात बनाया दैट अल्लाह तबारक मेक मी वॉट इसने दरबार में रोजाना पांच बार अर्ज मारूज करने और अपने हाजात पेश करने के लिए हाजिरी की बड़ी ताकीद फरमाई तो अल्लाह ताला ही कॉल मी टू हिज हाउस फाइव टाइम्स अ डे दैट प्रेजेंट योरसेल्फ एंड व्हाटएवर नीड यू हैव विद ग्रेट एम्फसिस अल्लाह ताला सेस प्रेजेंट योरसेल्फ एंड व्हाटएवर नीड यू हैव प्रेजेंट इट टू अल्लाह तबाराक व तआला व्हाटएवर प्रॉब्लम्स यू हैव व्हाटएवर नीड यू हैव कम हियर प्रेजेंट योर नीड टू अल्लाह अल्लाह इज देयर टू लिसन अल्लाह इज देयर टू हेल्प यू मैन ऑफ दुनिया ही माइट हेल्प यू वन टाइम ही माइट हेल्प यू टू टाइम्स आफ्टर दैट सी ही विल आल्सो गेट टायर्ड एंड से यू नो व्हाट इट्स इनफ नाउ Uh, one person was saying that uh, certain organization was helping them he said but after they said no you must go go find a job go work now enough now we can't help you any longer they said when somewhere else they told him they helped him couple of times they told him the same thing you are a young man you go and work now so in dunya a person will help you one two times they'll help you after they said right go find a job now go do something for yourself we can't help you for the rest of your life but for allah taala you come million times allah is there to help you million times you come for the rest of your life allah will help you so this is a great favor of allah aur jab ji chahe naflon mein hazir haziri ka izn aam diya and when a person wants you got permission that read nafil namaz as much as you want we'll continue from here inshallah